You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on the Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I'm the owner of Free Method Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice empowering women to break up with diet culture by teaching them how to trust, respect, and feel safe in their bodies. We welcome all foods over here from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. This episode of Food Freedom Podcast is sponsored by our Free Method Recipe Book. It's time that you have a way to create flavor-packed meals that you enjoy that also align with your goal of food freedom. This recipe book is designed to support your intuitive eating journey so you can gain confidence in the kitchen. Complete with recipes that emphasize gentle nutrition, you'll find delicious and simple recipes that allow you to win back your time. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash recipe book to get yours today. So let's say you get out of bed in the morning and you go throughout your daily routine. Maybe for you that includes walking your dog, making breakfast, driving to work, going to lunch with your coworkers. Maybe you play tennis after work with friends, you eat dinner, and then maybe you end the day with a movie and you head to bed. So there's two endings that this day can bring. And these endings can be based on one small difference that happens to be a very small electronic device, a fitness tracker. So let's say you have this fitness tracker on as you go throughout your day. It counts your every move, calories burned, It even notifies you when you've been sitting too long. So it can seem pretty harmless, right? And it definitely can be harmless, but it can also be very harmful. Let's say you're hyper-focused on meeting your step goal that is an arbitrary number that you just, in your mind, you have to reach this number daily. Like it is not, your day is not complete until you've reached this number. So then your day ends up including running in place at your desk to get your steps up. You're pacing around the kitchen island while dinner's cooking. You're doing jumping jacks by your bed before you get into bed so that you can hit that magic number. You're doing anything you can to get these steps in. And again, that seems harmless, right? And even those patterns can, in a sense, be harmless. It can be all in good fun competition with a friend, competition with a coworker. But what can so happen is the feeling when you climb into bed and you realize you didn't reach that goal. And suddenly you're jumping out of bed, walking up and down the stairs because you have to reach that goal. Or if you don't reach the goal, it completely impacts how you labeled that day. So maybe you went about your day and it was a great day. You had a really good day at work, had a fun game of tennis with friends. You made a great dinner with your partner and the day was great. But then as the day comes to a close and you look at your fitness tracker and see that you didn't reach that magical number, it completely 
just derails everything else from the day. So it's like, okay, well, today just didn't go my way. So maybe tomorrow I'll reach that magic number. And so from that perspective, it sounds like the fitness tracker is consuming your life and that the success of your day or the morality of your day is based on what number showed up on the screen. If you hit a certain magic number, it was good. And if it wasn't around that magic number, it was bad or you were lazy or you didn't try hard enough. And so the other ending can be way more neutral where maybe you wear the tracker or maybe you forget to wear it and you just kind of go about your day as usual. And this is what I was talking about of how even the certain little things I mentioned, like walking around your island and doing jumping jacks can seem harmless, but can also be harmful. But from this perspective of it being the more neutral, so maybe your tracker is just a fun challenge because you love the competition, but you also have an awareness and have made a promise to yourself that you're not going to make it an obsession. Maybe you and a coworker, you and a friend, you and your partner, whoever it may be, maybe y'all agree to hold each other accountable of, okay, this is something we want to do. It's fun. And if any of us starts to take it too seriously, let's be each other's tracker, (laughs) traggers for lack of a better term, to make sure that we don't let it get out of hand. So then let's say from this perspective of just it being harmless, fun, and a harmless competition, you get to the end of the day and you realize you don't hit your step goal, but you realize that's okay because my day, the morality of my day is not based on whether I hit a certain step goal or not. So then you crawl into bed and you go to sleep and you wake up and you do the day over again. And it has nothing to do with your steps and it being a bad day or a good day based on how many steps that you get. Those are examples of how fitness trackers can be harmless or harmful. And if you've experienced days like scenario one in particular, I want you to know that you aren't alone because so many of us can easily fall into those patterns. And even you can start in scenario two of getting into using the trackers for harmless fun. Maybe it's a challenge with your coworkers, whatever, whatever your reasoning and intention may be. It can also so easily get skewed to the other side without that being your original intention. A research study from Duke found that activity tracking can end up decreasing, not increasing, decreasing our enjoyment of whatever pastime that we're doing. So whatever we're tracking, maybe we're tracking a run, a walk, and it can even lead people to move less when the tracker isn't on. So let me talk through that. So what that means is, let's say you're going on a walk, and maybe that's something you love doing. I know for me, I look forward to going on walks at lunchtime with Remy because it's something that Remy's my dog. (laughs) For those of you who maybe this is your first episode you're listening to, Remy is my yellow lab who I am obsessed with. (laughs) So one of my favorite things to do every day is to take her on a walk. I usually pick out a podcast and we have our regular loops. We walk, we see our dogs, see our friends, and it's great. But when fitness trackers begin to take control, it can take away all of the enjoyment of that walk. Because let's say maybe there's a day where 
it's lunchtime and I, it's the time I would take Remy on a walk and we still go on our walk, but maybe I have to take a shorter lunch break because I have an earlier client session than usual, or I have something come up. So we take a shorter route and a shorter route in turn means fewer steps. So if I'm looking at that movement from the perspective of how many steps I'm getting in, then it, I don't enjoy the movement at all or at the same level that I normally do. And then what can also happen is let's say I was using a fitness tracker and it's lunchtime. I'm walking out the door to take Remy on a walk and halfway through the walk, I realize my fitness tracker isn't even on. Then I'm like, okay, well now what's the point of this activity? Because I'm not tracking it. So I might as well just go home now. Or what could also happen is maybe I go home, put on my fitness tracker, and then do the walk all over again so that I can reach those arbitrary numbers. And then a study in Eating Behaviors Journal found a direct correlation between the use of calorie counting and fitness tracking devices and eating disorder symptoms developing in college students. And again, that oftentimes can be started from a very harmless place of just wanting to track fitness with a coworker or someone who lives far away and it's a way to stay connected, but can so easily turn into something more. And then a survey conducted in 2016 among female Fitbit users found that 60% stated that their days were controlled by their devices. 60%. And 30% said that the gadget made them feel guilty. And that kind of goes back to the scenario I was talking about where you get to the end of the day and you see what numbers show up on your tracker of how many steps you got, how many calories you burned, how long you were in the fat burning zone or all the different things that these trackers can tell us. And if we didn't reach those numbers that we set out for ourselves, it makes us feel guilty. And then again, what I was talking about, the different behaviors of running around your kitchen or walking in place by your bed, those are examples of how our devices can so easily control our day. Or maybe let's say you are sore and you don't even plan to move that day because you did a hard workout the day before. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you just don't feel like working out but your day is controlled by your fitness tracker. So you feel like, well, I can't take the day off because I have to get this number of steps. And so something meant to be so helpful and something that can be so harmless, like a fitness tracker, can easily become a weapon and control our daily routine. So let's talk through three questions that you can ask yourself to assess your relationship with your fitness tracker. And even if you're listening to this episode and maybe you don't use a fitness tracker, but maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your relationship with calories, your relationship with exercise. You can use these questions to really assess your relationship with anything. But for this specific example, let's talk through these questions from the perspective of your fitness tracker. And that can also include Apple Watch. So question one, am I listening to my tracker more than I'm listening to my body. And so what that means is, am I paying more attention to the calories that my tracker is telling me that I can consume? 
the calories that I'm burn. Thus, I'm calculating from there how much I can eat that day. Am I exercising on days that I'm sick or I'm sore because I feel like I have to to get to this number? Whereas listening to your body would be more so tuning into, okay, I'm going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'm going to eat my snacks, and I'm going to pay attention to my hunger cues and my fullness cues. And that is, man, that's a whole nother episode right there that we will talk way more into because that that deserves its own spotlight. But talking about how we really pay attention to our hunger and fullness and not pay attention to what numbers tell us. And then listening to your body with exercise is thinking through, okay, what type of movement do I enjoy doing in the first place? Do I like running or am I just doing running because it helps me get a lot of steps in? Or do I enjoy cycling? But when I'm cycling, it doesn't track my steps. And so then I don't even enjoy cycling because it feels like I'm not achieving anything. And so then after I cycle, I go run or I go walk so I can get my steps in. So then uh, the second question is, is the competition with this fitness tracker, whether it's competition with yourself or competition with friend, family, coworker, is this competition turning into an obsession? So examples like I've talked through, pacing around your room to reach your goals, pushing yourself past your physical limitations. Is this impacting your mental health? You're not able to enjoy your day because you're worrying about how you're going to reach your goals. And again, like I mentioned, I know that some of those things that we do or can do to increase our step count can be harmless and all in good fun. And I, I hear that. But I think for each of us individually, it's tapping into our own self-awareness and asking ourselves, okay, when I'm pacing around the kitchen while I'm waiting on dinner to cook, does that seem like healthy competition to me or is that obsession? And that's a good question to ask yourself. And I think the question or the answer to that question may differ day to day where some days maybe it is just fun. You're laughing. Maybe you and your husband are like dancing or running around the kitchen just being silly and that's fine. But it's really, really digging into, okay, is this getting a little too out of hand? And then the third question to ask yourself is, why do I wear a fitness tracker? Why do I have this on my wrist or on my hip or wherever your fitness tracker is? Why do I feel the need to know how many steps I'm getting in in a day or how many calories I'm burning or the other arbitrary data that your fitness tracker tells you? Do I enjoy the data? Do I, am I a numbers person and this is just a cool thing to see? Do I find it to be a fun way to connect where I'm synced up with some of my friends? Maybe it's out of town friends and family where you're able to see, oh, my friend Jess went on a run this afternoon. That's fun. Am I using it kind of in a social way too? Or is this fitness tracker turning into an obsession? Or I feel like, okay, I need to get healthy. I need to lose weight. I need to move my body more. So I need to put on this fitness tracker because that's going to keep me accountable. So then that's where it can easily turn into an obsession or we're basing our morality off of it. Again, like I've mentioned, where it's dictating your day of it was a good day or a bad day based on how many steps that I got. 
And speaking of steps, to speak to the idea of getting 10,000 steps a day really quick, because that's something that I hear a lot on social media and from clients is this obsession with reaching 10,000 steps. And I get it, I think, as humans that we like things that feel tangible. That's why weight can be so addicting and weight loss can be so addicting and such a common marker of success because we like something that's easy to grasp, easy to visualize, easy to hold on to. And so 10,000 steps, it's catchy, it's easy, not easy to reach, but it's easy to just remember and focus on. But did you know that that number is not scientifically sound at all? (laughs) So it's not even based on any like research about exercise or anything like that. It actually originated from pedometers that were sold in Japan back in the 1960s that were called Manpoki was the name of the pedometer. And that Manpoki translates to 10,000 steps meter. So that was taken and now turned into kind of this idea and obsession around getting 10,000 steps per day. And that being said, I'm not at all saying that it's bad to have a goal to get 10,000 steps in. That's that's a great goal if it's a goal that works for you. And if using the awareness like I talked about and filtering it through those three questions, if it's something that seems healthy and mindful without being an obsession, then go for it. But what I'm saying is it's really, really important to check our intentions behind our movement and our exercise goals. And there's no denying the benefits of movement and the importance of movement. And I talk about that with my clients all the time. However, if our relationship with movement has negative implications on our mental health and our emotional health, on our relationships, then that's bringing a whole nother issue to the table. And that's where those three questions that I talked about really come into play is filtering the movement that you're choosing to do, whether or not you're choosing to wear a fitness tracker, filtering it through those three questions. And also remembering that numbers don't tell us everything. Whether you got 10,000 steps or 1,000 steps in a day does not dictate whether it was a good or a bad day. And like I mentioned earlier, the morality of your day does not depend on whether you had 10,000 steps in that day or not. And so really with all this being said, the moral of the story (laughs) is that self-awareness is key because there's a lot of nuance when it comes to fitness trackers and the movement we do and the food that we eat and the way that we nourish our body and all of these different things. And we all know ourselves best. So really tapping into is this helping me? Am I enjoying this? Or is this an obsession? And is this potentially harmful for me? And that is the key as we navigate our relationship with fitness trackers and our relationship with movement. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. 
If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode.